Hopefully you guys have read this too, or you're going to read this amazing book. It's about time. Jeff Picaro, the man in his music. I have Robin Flans, the author, and uh, the guys from Hudson Music, my old friend Rob Wallace, and Joe Bergamini, and some other special guests are going to join us and uh, talk about this book. Um, I won't get into too much right now because, uh, oh, that's that's a friend calling right now. I have to call him back. But um, I've got some Jeff stories that maybe I'll get into later if there's time, but um, but I really just want to get these guys on here now because uh, there's so much to talk about about this book without giving too much of it away because we want you to buy it if you haven't already bought it. It's it's such a great, great book. Robin did an amazing job. So um, without further ado, I'm going to bring on, um, and I didn't mention Gary Grimm. I think I mentioned ahead of time that Gary was going to be here. Uh, but Gary is also joining us. He was Jeff's drum tech for a period of time in the 80s. And um, he's tech for a million people, an old friend of mine. But um, he's got some great insights and stories. And he's mentioned in the book quite a bit. So thought it'd be fun to have him be part of this. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to bring on Robin Flans, um, Rob Wallace, Joe Bergamini, and Gary Grimm. Hang tight. Here they come. All right. Okay, guys. Um, it took me a minute to get the uh, figure out the stream, but we're live now. So here we go. Wow. Yeah. Please welcome to the show, Robin Flans, the author. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, how about that? And uh, Rob Wallace from Hudson Music, owner of Hudson Music, Joe Bergamini from Hudson Music. And the legendary drum tech, Gary Grimm, who worked with Jeff and he's uh, worked with a whole bunch of people, but um, mentioned a lot in the book and it's great to have you guys. And I, I'm going to just get started here. Rob, you look great, by the way. Let me just start by saying <laughs> that. It's, it's, uh, I had some work done today, but I just got under the wire. I just, they just finished up. The team just left and it's all. <laughs> <laughs> did a good job. Uh, hair and makeup looks great so so you guys were kind of in that waiting room I apologize you weren't able to I don't think you were able to talk to each other but Rob I don't know if you've ever met Gary before but haven't Gary how yep. are you doing and Joe yep you meet Gary Gary meet Gary. Joe <laughs> so I just I want to I have a couple I actually made notes and have questions and things that I almost uh -oh. never do yeah um <laughs> Because Robert, I want to ask you, my dear friend. Yes. When, when did you? Um, how long was this in the process? When did you make the decision to, to write this book? Like, you know, I don't really know. I think it sort of. Uh, I don't know. It sort of lived inside of me for uh, um, a long time. I think. Yeah. It, yeah. I think it just evolved normally i think um I, it just came naturally in my brain one day i don't i well i don't think it was one day i think yeah. suddenly i realized there everybody missed jeff all the time and i and i think it hit me that i probably had more interviews on the planet with jeff than anybody 
and that something was sorely lacking somewhere and that somehow I was meant to be the keeper of the flame and that if anybody was ever going to do it, it had to be me. And um, I wasn't getting any younger either. And if I was going to get it done, I better, I better do it. Yeah. I better, yeah. I, I better do it before I left the planet. And um, I wanted to leave it for my grandchildren, which I don't have grandchildren's children. Yes. Do you hear that everybody? I don't have grandchildren <laughs> yet, but I'd like them. Hint, hint. And um their children and their children's children and those kids who look at the shelf one day and say, gee, who's Jeff Picaro? Maybe I ought to pick that book up and see, you know, I want to be a drummer and I've never heard of him. Like we do on some of the masters that we may not be in our vocabulary anymore every day. Right. So um, I just want to keep his legend alive. That's all. That's great. That's I just want to say one thing here, John. You know, um, Jeff, you know, there, there are players that in our lifetime that, you know, that we've grown up with, that we've admired and, and have made massive contributions. You know, after they pass, sometimes they're, I don't know if the right word is their star, but sort of their, their light shining down you know it sometimes it starts to fade over time yeah, yeah death to me is is one of the certainly in the drum world one of the guys who almost is star is like rising and and you know i think the this book has done you know a lot for his um you know kind of cemented his his place in the in the walk in the star walk of drummers you know but yeah yeah you know, it, it's really, and I've thought about it a lot. It's really interesting how that happens. You know, there can be, you know, great players. It has, you know, it, it's almost not even, you know, their their technique or, or what they do or what they've recorded, but it, it's like there's just some other thing. And you listen to Jeff and, you know, I've been a big fan forever. Um, you know, to me, you know, he's coming at, playing music the same place that I wished I could have always come from that same place. Well, it was all about his, his inner soul and his feel. And way before there was a book, there were sites, tribute sites set up because people, I'm people couldn't believe that he had done so such a body of work at such a, a short age so you know he yeah. was so young and he left so much behind and um they wondered how he did it well how he did it was three and four sessions a day because he was <laughs> he was so in demand and because he gave you know every piece of him when he was in the studio that he gave every molecule of being I mean, if you could see him work in the studio, it was his whole body, his whole gut, his every piece of him was was in that music, no matter what it was. So um, that's that's why people made those sites 
to him or and have and have had them for so many years. Yeah. He was just that soul of of that came out in the music that was just, I mean. And and I, I have to say, Robin, you've done a tremendous job capturing that in the book. It, it comes shining through his soul and just it just it I found myself just like getting emotional reading it at times and 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 I didn't know him well but I you know just there was it was so consistent you know what Rob was saying too I mean it was like everybody said the same thing that as a human he was yeah. just like the most kind and generous person yeah it was professionally crazy. I know I didn't yeah. hear one story I mean I heard stories that weren't in the book of of guys being at an airport I mean fans who, you know, would just call him up and say, I just got into town and I just, somebody gave me your number and I just wanted to call you because you're like my favorite drummer. And he'd say, hey man, you at the airport? I'll come get you. <laughs> what? I mean, you know, it was like, I mean, I heard those stories from people that are just flabbergasting. I mean, he was just if he if he were if he was home and he had a minute and he wasn't at the studio, he would do that. He was a crazy guy. He was just he was so giving and so just magnanimous. And those stories of him in the studio replacing drummers, you know, mm -hmm. and 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 so kind to the drummers that he was replacing. Um, and not replacing sometimes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Very, uh, very generous in that way too. He wasn't, he didn't need to, if he felt like he didn't need, he, did, he wouldn't do it just because they called him. Right. It's right. Like, right. Well, he that, sussed yeah. out the situation yeah. and, and told the producer, this guy can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, he was, a one of a kind. Yeah. yeah. When when Robin first sent me the, the manuscript, which was, you know, very far along, um, I, I, you know, I read it. Um, you know, I had never, unfortunately, Jeff was, you know, one of a short handful of guys that, you know, I hadn't gotten a chance to hang with or, or get to know or, or work with, you know, over all these years, I've been, you know, very blessed to have worked with, you know, a, a bunch of, a bunch of the guys that I would have loved to have hung with and gotten to know. Um, but Jeff was one that I never did. And when I read her manuscript, I, I just can picture myself still sitting on the couch, finishing the last page. I kind of just put my, uh, the, the the papers down. I said to I said to my wife, it, "It's amazing. I, I I really feel like I know this guy, and yeah. I would really know that I would enjoy hanging with him because he's just a cool guy." And I said, "It's really a shame that I never got to hang with him. This is the closest I'm going to get." But there was like something that I felt like he was sort of I knew him, you know, after mm -hmm. reading the book, and I said. Yeah. I got no matter what I've got you published this book because it's just too good, you know, and it's going to be, you know, around for a long time. And I think it's, you know, it's great. And I wanted to make sure we did justice to it as best we could in our little corner of the world, you know.
Well, well you absolutely have, Rob. I yeah. have to say that Rob uh, and Joe really um, put their love and heart and soul into this book. And I mean, I wasn't probably easy to work with all the time because I was a shrew and, <laughs> I doubt and, it. and probably the B word sometimes um, because, you know, this was my baby. And yeah. um, I mean, it, it was and is really like so everything to me. I mean, um, I, I, if I could have birthed this, this thing, I, it would have come out of me. It was, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, but you know, it was like eight years and, um, and I wasn't even ready to part with it. I mean, Rob had to say, you know, let it go. The frozen yeah, song, yeah. let it go, let it go, let it go. <laughs> because, uh, you know, I could still be working on it. I mean, um, it was, it was hard to let go. And I asked a lot of Rob. I had a vision in my mind and I knew it wasn't going to be an inexpensive vision. And, um, but it was, I was sure of the way I wanted the book to look and represent itself. And it was really important to me that it absolutely, yeah, it be the way I wanted it. And Rob really came through. Oh, thank and you. I have to say something else if it weren't for Rob, I would not have gotten Donald Fagan at the last moment. Wow. I, Owe him that. Got great job, Bravo. That yeah, that. I called him up. I said, "Look, Doug, <laughs> come on, man. You know you got to throw me your bone here." <laughs> no, you know we were at the tail, <laughs> and and really, I would say, I guess, Robin. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. There were really two two artists that Robin felt were kind of missing. You know, from the picture, share from his yeah. when he was I don't know, 16 or 17 and played with yeah. some chair. And that's an unbelievable story in the book about him going on the road and his high school principal giving him permission. I mean, I, I love that. But, um, you know, Cher, which I had no contact with, and Donald Fagan, who I, I have a very good friend from Woodstock that was good friends with, with, with Donald. And, um, I, you know, I know either through Keith Carlock, you know, I, I was kind of figuring what's the road that we're going to go down. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to push really hard. One Steely Dan is one of my favorite all time, you know, catalogs of music that I listen to daily. And, you know, Jeff's contribution to those early records were so substantial. It was such a, for me, it would have been a big hole that I would have lived to regret had I not tried every single thing possible to get to Donald. And so I just sent an email to my friend Happy Traum in Woodstock, uh, who you know knew Donald for a long time. And I, I wrote it in such a way that Happy could just forward it to him in an email if he was comfortable doing that. And within like two hours, I get an email. I'm sitting here. You know, I, I, I think it was a Sunday night, if I'm not mistaken, and I was getting ready for dinner. Uh, I don't remember what eating, Johnny. I don't remember if we were having wine that night. You know, <laughs> but uh, we probably were. But um, good man, looked down at my 
my laptop and there, you know, how, how your email list, you know, the name comes up. It said Donald Fagan. I was like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. I yelled at Donald Fagan. My wife said, what are you talking about? I said, I don't know. He's cursing me out here, but, and he, he, he was so delightful. I, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I would be happy to be involved. And then there was like 10 emails to set up the, the time with, for him to speak to Robin. And he was like, on it, you know, it was like crazy. I'm sitting here, like emailing with Donald Fagan. I'm thinking, wow. this something's wrong with this picture, you know. This and is- this is, and and understand, this is after his management, you know, twice early on in the project, told me unequivocally that he would that. Well, and at the time, Walter was alive too, that they would mm. not at all participate in the project. Yeah, it was- absolutely no. They were done talking about Jeff. They had nothing more to say. Hmm. Over, over and done. There's a lesson, you know, there's a real lesson in that, in that, um, you know, many, I think several lessons, you know, first, you know, you don't take no for an answer. And, uh, yeah. you know, Robin tried every avenue she had, but it was incredible if you get to the right, if you get to the right avenue, it, it, it was like in minutes. I, I was so, I figured, well, maybe in a week I'll hear back something if I'm lucky, or, you know, if, if we ever hear back. And it was like literally within two hours of wow. me sending that initial email. It was so cool. Yeah, that's, people, that's... I mean, and the same thing really happened with Jackson Brown. I tried for five years to get to Jackson. And I had, you know, I mean, his publicist is my friend and he couldn't even do it. But I asked Bob Blob to, uh, you know, and yeah, God, God Bob, bless yeah. Bob. You know, yeah. I mean, I hated asking and I told him, if you're not comfortable, I respect it. But he went the distance. And Jackson said to me, I am so glad that you pursued this for five years. Because I would have been heartbroken if I couldn't have contributed. And it seemed that way. Yeah, he. Yeah, I was going to say he was so Jackson was so giving. Yeah. In in the book, I mean. Yeah, yeah. he he told me he was so glad I kept trying. He's so a really you know, Jackson. Yeah. 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 Those Jackson Brown lines, though, I think Joe made some of those quotes up. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my oh God! Don't no, say no. that about Jackson. He's a real. Stickler. No. Oh my God. Jackson, if you're watching, no, 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 that didn't happen. <laughs> well, listen, I get I have a couple quick quick questions, but I'm I'm loving this. This is great. I was hoping it would just sort of get into a free flow of just all this stuff coming out. Cause I, I had so many questions I wanted to ask you that that I wanted to wait until we did this. Just just okay, because. go, so, go, go, yeah. Johnny. So so first of all. Two things. We definitely, Robin and I talked about this. We definitely have to do a part two of this because there are so many people that we couldn't bring on today that are going to want to do this. So, so, and I mean that too. I mean, in a couple few weeks, we, we have to do a, a follow-up to this and, and, and get some more people that I know are going to want to, that, that were in the book that are going to want to talk about this. So, so that's the first thing. But my, my other question about a part two is, is there going to be a volume two to this book? There has to be enough material left over to do another volume of this book. I have uh, to say. It's think. real interesting. I've I've already I've mentioned to Rob that so many people have come to me and said, why didn't you talk to me? Why didn't you, you know, I 
would have wanted to tell this story and that story. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know. I mean, certainly I've already told his early story, his early life, but who knows? Maybe there's more there too. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. One of the things, John, that we're talking about, and I've been, you know, going, you know, easy is trying to um, convince Robin to do an audio version of the book. There's been a bunch of, I've seen a bunch of, um, you know, people ask about that on online and Robin has seen a bunch of that. So, you know, um, there could be a place to to expand and put some additional stories, you know, in the audio version, it might be an interesting um, Good idea. If Robin doesn't feel she's ready to tackle another nine years of work. <laughs> oh, please. I, <laughs> I don't think it would take another nine years now that this one's yeah. out, but yeah, I getting any younger. So you better get started. Oh God. <laughs> don't say that. Uh, oh, that's yeah, too no. funny. But no, I and I, I was even thinking you could you could make a book a, a smaller um, sort of supplemental version of just just mm-hmm. quotes from people. You know, just just it could just be just quotes and stories. It wouldn't have to have well, this sort I was of form about of calling it stories. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what people are coming to me. I mean, so many other producers coming to me and saying, why didn't you come to me? And I said to them, you know what? I actually didn't know you worked with Jeff. Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean, yeah. And, and people's wives had come to me. Did, did my husband tell you the time that, I said, oh, no, that would have been such a great story. I it, it just, you know, it's terrible. I, and I get so frustrated. Why didn't you tell me that then? So, yeah, it's 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 very frustrating. And and to be really candid, other people are coming to me and saying, what are you going to work on next? And I got to say, you know. I just, I can't let go of Jeff. So this is a problem for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's all about Jeff. Joe, you must've had your hands full edit. I'm assuming you did the the bulk of the editing. Um, Oh yeah. It it was, I just want to say, I was looking, I'm looking at the comments of if you guys see me looking down. Um, Someone shared uh, the link. Oh, I'm not seeing any of them. How do I do that? Uh, I just, have on my ipad down here with the sound turned off but yeah if if you look at facebook and mute the sound uh, oh, Robin, i don't want to go the, to that i don't want to do that i'm going to say that someone shared a link to a very famous um jeff discography that's online it's run by a lady named mary um we worked with mary the discography that's in the book is that very discography and actually in the process of putting that together for the book we we really wanted that uh co- you know complete uh, discography in the book. We actually worked with Mary and we found new additions to the discography. So she improved the site while we were working together. She was super gracious. So it was, it was a, uh, you know, she was like, wow, so exciting. We have a book about Jeff. So we were all on the same page. So I, we were happy that we helped that site get better. So if you guys are looking on that site, it's like frontier net, it's got a very strange mm-hmm. URL, but mm-hmm. um, 
you know, we, we worked with them. And so, you know, don't just spend time on the site. Like you got to read the stories to see um, what goes with it. But um, in response to what you said, John, um, you know, working with Robin, with Hudson, we've been, um, of course, Rob for many years has done educational material and that's been a focus of ours. Um, I have sort of a dream that I think Rob also has of, I think, documenting Jeff Moore in that way. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in, um, but we've been doing some biography things, you know, and when this project came in, honestly, working with Robin is such a pleasure. I read her work in Modern Drummer for many years and um, it's, you know, the editorial side is rough because it's like you're working with an artist uh, and I knew Robin was very close to the material and Robin, what you said before, you know, that there's a, there's a famous line. I think it's no work of art is ever completed. It's only abandoned, you know, um, <laughs> and I think that's, we have to keep in mind, but um, I really like the fact that if you haven't checked out the book, um, it's, if you know a lot about Jeff, you will really revel in the detail of learning about the behind the scenes, things that happened in the recordings that I loved um, mm -hmm. learning about his childhood, you know, telling his story of what made him into the musician that he is. Um, and if you don't know a lot about Jeff, this is an opportunity to really, really understand the impact that this drummer had. He His go-to, his list of who he played with is literally a who's who of 20th century recording artists. Yeah. And and having said that, I also, as I, I didn't know Jeff at all, and I'm a fan. He's one of my favorite drummers. Um, I watched his Starlix drum video a thousand yeah. and one times. I still think it's one of the greatest. And um, I like, I love the fact all the sessions and everything, but I'm a gigantic Toto fan. So Jeff isn't just this. He, it's not just the sessions. I know we talked about all the session people, but his life in Toto, which there's a lot of session drummers who don't have the documented, like he's the band guy. He's in Toto, yeah. like Neil Peart in Rush or Charlie in the Stones. Like, and that uh, I wanted to find out about, you know, I'm like, wait, I get to work on a book where I get to read about my favorite drummer recording, you know, Toto four, like, Oh, cool. That, this yeah, is yeah. And of course with Robin as a pro writer, the editing part was really not hard at all. Um, but that behind the scenes uh, of the Toto things, I really, really dug. So if you haven't gotten the book and you're into either the session thing or his life in Toto. It's, I feel it's all really beautifully documented. It's, it's so well documented. And, and I, I that kind of leads, I, I wanted to just sort of bring Gary into this because um, Gary worked with Jeff on the road in the late eighties, 87 ish, 88. Gary, is that about right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right in there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and in the studio too. Right. I mean, I think yeah, you, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And there's some great stories in the book that you share. And I, I didn't know if there was anything, if it's okay with Robin, that's not in the book, maybe that you could um, talk about her. So we don't, even in the book, I mean, Gary, even in the, book. The, the kindness, I, somebody actually came to me, Gary. And I mean, cause I keep getting instant messages from people telling me they're, favorite moments of the book or things that they can't believe or they're blown away. And one person said, I can't believe that Jeff let his tech play. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, how I cool that is that? Well, it was and, pretty cool. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously I'm not telling the whole story because you got to read the book. 
And but, I probably wouldn't have told you that story if it if it turned out to be horrible. But <laughs> you no, know, not wood. It, it actually it actually worked, and it was you know obviously great fun. But but how how generous? Oh yeah, was that? Well, I think it's you know because when I the first gig that I did with him, which is in Puerto Rico, I was doing my sound my line check for the sound guys and they showed up while that was happening and i was i had i was doing the the pretty shuffle you know the only because it's probably the only thing i know how to play really but um <laughs> well good for you i didn't know they were coming in you know they were coming in behind me the way the building was and as i was told because obviously i didn't know it but they were standing there and jeff was digging it Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. But, uh, you know, I think that maybe that's what said, okay, you know, maybe he could play this or that or whatever. Cause it was never, it was never like, come on, play, come on, play, come on, play. It was just, you know, like I said, it was that, that morning we had breakfast and that day we were hanging out and, uh, you know, he asked me, he said, Hey, do you want to hang out tomorrow? I was like, what are you going to do? Say no. You know, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but uh, that really took me, you know, by surprise. But, yeah, so I'm glad it went. I'm glad it went well. So obviously, it's it's just it's you know the generosity of of a drummer just to yeah. say you know here take my you know take the sticks go do. Well, that's what David said. You know, David said that that's what he would do. Somebody you know some <laughs> great drummer was in town. They always would connect obviously and, and jeff would invariably whatever i don't know how many times but he would say hey come on why don't you come in and play <laughs> but he would never tell the band and they didn't like it you know because they were <laughs> what you know so yeah it was uh you know the, the thing i thought about afterwards at four but afterwards i thought man you know if i'd have screwed that up or it really sucked or something <laughs> Could you imagine being in the audience at that concert going, hey, you know, that was a great show, but who the hell is that guy? What's going on? Yeah, what was that? You know, that's a bad memory to take home after a totem. Yeah, you know? it's a great story to tell people. But, it, you know, to me, it totally demonstrated what, what we already knew, which is that he was so secure, like, and so comfortable that, like, he yeah. was never threatened by anybody. Like, you know, he, he'd have... Steve Gadd or Vinnie Colaiuta come up and play and not be worried that like people are going to dig them more than him, you know? Um, it was never about that. Never. And, never. Yeah. But always, at the same time, he was so he humble. celebrated you know? everybody. That was, yeah. that was him. He just, yeah. he would celebrate people and, and, really loved it. and yeah. stick up for them. And, and, and God, I mean, think about it. He's the one who, Set when Vinny came to town, he said, "There's this guy, and I want him to have work." Yeah, I mean, good grief! Yeah, I know. Setting setting Vinny up for, you know, a career. I texted. I texted. Texted Vinny um, yesterday. Just a story I, that I think I might have told him a long time time ago. I related this story that. Um, the few times that I interacted with Jeff when I was working at Drum Workshop, and we had started distributing Dynacord electronic drums at a point, <clears throat> excuse me, and Toto had some sort of endorsement as a band with Dynacord. Mm. 
though Jeff, this was about 1987. So Jeff was not crazy about electronic drums at that point. He was just tired of them, as as you well know. So the uh, the the folks from Dynacord in Germany, the home office, had contacted me and said, um, "When Toto comes over here next, you know, in the next few months, we want to present Jeff and the band with some award. We want to honor him." with some award. And, and uh, so I called Jeff, I left him a message. He called me back. I think he called me back like at my house or something that night. I'm sure. Cause he was working that day. And we, he sort of knew my, knew who I was from, you know, talking on the phone. So I'm, I'm telling him the story, how Dynacord wants to do this. And he, and he said, Oh, no way, man. No, tell him to give it to Vinny. <laughs> not, not me, man. You know, it was like, he was, it was the, the, the classic Jeff response. Like, no yeah. way. No, no, yeah. I don't want that. No, I'm not. Yeah. They, they need to give that to Vinny. You know? and, and he was, he meant it. I mean, he was humble. It was, it was, yeah. he was being very honest and sincere and yeah. like, you know, give it to this guy who's, um, you know, who he felt was like at this, he was just so like that, you know, and, and in so many ways, I, you know, there are a couple of people that wanted to just kind of come in and um, say a few Words, I think, if you guys Please. don't mind, I'll, I'll oh, let them into the... The um, more the merrier. Great. I hope the folks watching party, party. at home don't mind. Yeah, there's a... Let's see if that worked. Let's see. Who's here? Uh, <laughs> oh, here? what do you know? Hey. Hey. I don't, I don't see him. Who? Welcome, Steve Gadd and Rick Murata. No <laughs> way. I don't I'm see him. La, 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 la. Where are they? <laughs> you might oh, have to... My God. There we go. I was going to say, you might have to adjust your, your view to, if you don't see them in the screen. I see Rick. I don't see Steve. Oh, Steve's uh, there. All right. He's there. Don't, don't let him. I, I don't see Steve either. Yeah, I don't I either. See, I, I, I did see for him. a minute, but I don't now. Where's Steve? <laughs> he's, looking, um, he's looking very good. I yeah, he's there. Gary Robin, Grimm. I see him. Hey, Rick. I saw Gary Gizm from the Stevie Nicks Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Rick, what's the water? <laughs> a lot of uh, jokes there. Hey, thanks, thanks for joining, guys. Sorry you were in the waiting room there for a few minutes. Where is Steve? Um, I don't he, see Steve. I don't either. Go, if you go up to your view, go up to view. Yeah, go up to gallery view at the top of your screen. Oh, and, yeah. and oh, there he is. Okay, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. It's and nice Rick, I love you. Good to see you, Robin. Good to see you. All the ladies love Rick. Let's just let's just get well, that out there. Well, right I now. can yeah. Okay. I don't know what all the fuss is about Steve. Where's Steve? Where's the, I just don't get the fuss. <laughs> what what's going on with your what happened to you? It's, it was just a graze. I just got grazed by a stray bullet. <laughs> well, it's just a flesh wound. I thought, oh, this is not going to be good. No. It's only a. Just act like you don't care about it. Don't act like you don't care because it's not going to turn into anything good. It's only a flesh wound, Steve. It's only a flesh wound. <laughs> it's only a flesh wound, yeah. Uh, so we, we've been. We've been telling some great stories. We've been talking about Jeff and, um, and I didn't know if you guys uh, might want to share a story or two. 
Um, a memory? Um, well, I, I remember, that, you know, uh, when I started, when I came to New York, Rick was already plugged into the studio thing. And when I, and after I got into the, the scene in New York, then I started getting invited out to do, to do some things in L.A. And Jeff was already plugged in out there. I mean, he was not only doing a lot of dates, uh, but, but uh, I mean, he was in, the, I heard about this band Toto, you know, they that with all, and he was, all these, all the guys that were in Toto were, I would bump into them on dates and they would tell me about Jeff and stuff. And, but he was on, you know, doing a whole other thing when he wasn't doing Toto. And, um, and then, you know, I, I bumped into him, you know, I don't remember exactly where it was, but we ended up over at his house and uh, had an evening, you know, just hanging. And and uh, that's the longest I, I ever spent with him. The other times were like at the NAM show, we'd bump into each other. Um, but I was a fan. I, I loved the way he played and... Uh, I remember um, listening to there was a Valerie Carter album, mm. just a Stone's Throw, that Jeff played. On. <laughs> I used to listen to that. You know, I mean, so uh, yeah, he was a, a he was a great musician and comes from a family of. Oh, the other thing is through Mike Maneri, I, I had I had uh, heard about Joe Picaro because Mike and Joe were friends from years back. So, you know, I had a little bit of history about the Percaro family. Yeah. Great, to, great to know all of them. Yeah. It's a big loss. Jeff was a big loss. Yeah. yeah. Boy, was it ever. Well, I was, Rick, uh, sorry, Steve, I was going to say there's a, a story in the book about a session that you and he and I think Russ Kunkel did for the Bee Gees. Um, and I, I mentioned it to you the other day, and I'm, I guess you didn't remember it, but it but Jeff, Jeff recalls, I think Jeff tells the story, right, in the book, where he talks about, you know, recalling some of the wackiest adventures he'd been on. He said, you know, we got called to do this, this thing, and it was me, Gad, and Kunkel. And, you know, it was, the, it was during that time, yeah. too, when people were having you guys overdub, you know, toothpicks falling on a table, you know. And, and, uh, right, yeah. And, 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 and <laughs> I mean, like, the yeah, craziest. Down, in, down in Florida with the a mechanical arm. <laughs> That's what it was. Yes. Yeah, well, they, but they might have had him overdub stuff that we had already done. We didn't do it together, but I, but I'm sure there were overdubs on those tracks. You know, they were bringing people in all the time. To is that what he was talking about? No, he was talking about trying to uh, create like a machine-like um, robot, ro robotic. They were trying to duplicate um, the mach the machine in the back room, while this robot arm was playing milliseconds uh, on a saw uh, on a. I'm making a mess of the story, but on a on a on a saw a, a saw. What 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 do they call it? A work saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something the, like that. And the yeah. arm would come down and they had to drop the arm in milliseconds and they would say, no, it's a millisecond too short. You you would remember. Yeah, I would. You know, a, what, a, you know, but let me tell you something. I, I should remember that. But back in those years, 
Oh. <laughs> There's a good chance that I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get it. I, I didn't want to say it. anything again. I'm sitting here going, you know, just... I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, he hey, guys, just about it ad nauseum. <laughs> there's somebody knocking at the door that wants to come in. I'm going to let him in real quick. Um, hopefully, you're going to see him in the galley in a second. Ah. Oh, really? look at look at that hairdo! <laughs> oh my God! Hey, Vinny. Vinny. Vincenzo. Hey. <laughs> I don't see. Oh, man, it's him. I didn't recognize him, man. I didn't recognize you. I know. I didn't either. <laughs> it looks good. Talking? I can't hear oh, you. Oh, Vin, you're, you're, we're not hearing your mic. Vinny, you're muted. Oh. Turn yourself on. Oh. No. Not. Can't Wait hear you. Wait, I hear some clicking. There, oh, oh, wait a minute. Connecting to audio. Hold on. Morning. There he is. <laughs> there he, there hey. he is. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> see some up in the top there? Do I see? <laughs> hey. How are you doing, Vinny? Hey, Steve. So yeah. good to see you. Good to see you, too. Good to see yeah. you. What a party. I'm, oh I'm, you know, I'm miserable and cranky and old. How are you guys doing? <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Add, We're add talking about list. Jeff. We're remembering. <laughs> That's a great subject. Jeff, man. Man. All right. That's a great thing. I couldn't think of a better thing to talk about. Uh, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. Really. And, Rick, and you were... Rick, you, you wait, that. Rick, Rick, you, you must have a good story. And, and well, even... Do you do you remember? I mean, you were at the very first drum roundtable. Yeah. yeah. And was I that? Vinny, I mean, I had you Vinny known Jeff before that? Was it Vinny there too? Vinny was there was too. A, I was there. Let's see. With Jeff hold on, hold and on. Rick. Yeah. Jeff yeah. Keltner. Yes. Keltner. Keltner and um. Craig no. Cramp, no, the Hal Blaine one, Rick Rock wasn't at, and Jeff wasn't oh, at. Right, that was a different one, okay. That was the first okay. one, and then the second part, uh -huh. Rick was at, and Jeff was at. Uh, all right, 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 right. And right. Craig Cramp, yeah, right? I remember that, yep, I remember that. Did you know Jeff very well at that point, Rick? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah? Hi, Vinny. Hey, Rick. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, bud, good to see you. You too. Yeah, I knew Jeff. Uh, well, my my first when I first met Jeff, um, when I first came to L.A. was very, very long time ago. I went to L.A. to do a record uh, as a drummer uh, for I think it was Trope. No, no, no. I was a Spinoza and we were at A&M and there was another drummer in a room. And then Dave came in to me. This is a long time ago. And Dave said, holy shit, he goes, that was really weird. This other drummer, who I won't name, came out and said, hey, man, what's going on? What are you doing in there? He goes, oh, yeah, we're doing this record. I think it was with um, Jim Carroll or it was with, uh, I can't remember. But um, so anyhow, this other drummer said, hey, uh, 
who's that guy? And there he goes, oh, that's my buddy, Rick Murata. We grew up together. He's a drummer from New York, blah, blah, blah. And this other drummer said, you know, you don't have to bring guys in from out of town. We got plenty of good drummers here. Okay. So that was a story. It kind of freaked uh, Dave out a little bit, kind of freaked out a little bit. And we went home. So I come back to LA years later to do some sessions. And I thought I had always remembered that. I come in and I'm starting to move. I'm going to now I'm going to like spend more time there. I was uh, staying at um, um, Annie Streer's house. She rented me a room and I was just getting settled in. And I meet Jeff at the studio and I thought, oh, yeah, Jeff, Carl, he's great. It's going to be one of those things. Jeff comes up to me and he says, oh, man, Rick. I, 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 he, would, he just said, I really, I love your playing, this, that, and the other thing. And listen, if there's anything I can do to help you get settled in, or like if you need work or anything, I got so much work, I'm happy to, to send work your way. And at that time, we were all working a lot. And he looked at me and he didn't, I didn't say anything to him. I was kind of taken aback. And I looked at him and he went, wait, Rick Murata, you don't need work. And he reached in his pocket. <laughs> he reached in his pocket and he got a handful of change and he shoved it in his mouth, started chewing it and walked away like, like he had said something silly. And, and I, I grabbed him and I said, hey, man, that was the most unexpected and the nicest thing. Um, Steve Gadd would never do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and we became fast friends. And the other thing I want to say, Steve already mentioned that the Picaro family, and Vinny knows this too. Well, we all know this. But I can't tell you how they would call me Joe Picaro. I had met Steve Picaro because Steve was playing. When I was on the road with Peter Frampton in the early 70s doing the Frampton Comes Alive tour, Steve was just a kid. He was like 17 or yeah. 17 years old. He was playing in Gary Wright's band, and Gary was opening for Peter on the Frampton Comes Alive tour. And that's where I met Steve. He was this little skinny kid walking around. He had a strap-on um, keyboard. So I had met Steve then. And so when I got to L.A., Mike Picaro, Steve Picaro, Joe Picaro, and Jeff Picaro would call me every once in a while. And they all, Joe, Joe was great. He was like, Rick, you have a place. He, anytime you need to come by, Aileen and I, you're always welcome at the house. You're always welcome here. Come and have, come and have pasta with us. We'll have some macaroni, this, that, and the other thing. And the other guys would call, and I could never tell which one was which, because there would be, the call would be a, hey, <laughs> Yo, Murata, what's up with you? Just want to make sure everything's okay. You good? And I still get those calls from Steve, but he's the only one left now, so I know it's him. But it would be Jeff or Mike, or but when Joe called, he would just go, "Hey, I, I'd run into him, and he was the most soft-spoken, sweetest yeah. guy, and he was always." Usually it was around Emil Richards. They were always together. For some reason, I would always see the two of them. And um, uh, I just uh, I just remember the whole family as being great. They are. They, yeah, they, yeah. they are. They totally are. You know, one other quick one. Jeff was doing um, Fagan's uh, solo record at Jeff's house. When he lived right. on Hartsuffin, he was right. he had this great studio in the back. And one day I get a call, and it's Jeff. And he goes, 
Hey, man. What are you doing? I said, hey, what's up? He says, uh, listen, I'm working on, on, uh, on, on uh, Fagan's record. And uh, I don't know. I just don't feel it. just feels like you should be doing this. Could you come in and do it? Would you come in and work on it? And I go, I guess. What does Donald say? And then Donald's there. Donald gets on the phone. He goes, yeah, hey, man, you know, you know. We all know Fagan. He's like, hey, uh, yeah, we're, we're over here working on it. And, and Jeff is thinking, we're thinking. Okay. So I go, okay, where's the date? He goes, Jeff goes, it's at my house. So I would be going to Jeff. I goes to Jeff's house to do his gig. It was the weirdest thing <laughs> because you're in his studio at his house. And he's just walking around having a cup of coffee. Goes, hey, what's going on? And I thought, <laughs> I thought it was the weirdest thing because – you know, this is the guy, this is a guy, he just, nobody does that kind of stuff. There are stories about that in the book, several, yeah. about yeah. Jeff calling other drummers to his dates. He was the least insecure yeah. guy I knew. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Vinny, I think there's a story about you in that situation, right, in the book? Where he, where he... Me? Yeah, well, yeah, he because he didn't he sub a gig. To- yeah, I, I mean that I could back that up. I mean that was just um, like Rick said. You know, I mean he he's 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 like there are very very few people with that kind of heart and that kind of humility and that kind of um, he he was confident. He but 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 in a way where you know he just he really didn't care and he just wanted to help people. He was so non-competitive. And he just wanted to help other people. He just loved people, and he had a huge, huge heart. And 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 really, I mean, like like I said, you know, I mean, I can count people like that that I've met on one hand, subtracting a few fingers, you know. <laughs> Gad would be another one. Steve Gad would be in that company. Um, and really, I mean, it's like we we'll talk about heart, and 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 honestly, Steve, I have to tell you this. Uh, you know, you, you need to know this, man, because uh, you know, you're 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 of that ilk, and and for that, you know, amongst hundreds of other things that I could say right now, I I, I have the utmost respect, you know. So, but 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 again, back back to Jeff, you know, he he would do things like that. Like one time. I remember I was playing uh, at, at the baked potato and he, and you know, he, he, he showed up and he was, there was like the stage is this weird little kind of, uh, there's this kind of a, kind of a wall that, that goes halfway. Like if you're, you're the drummer and you're in the corner, there's this sort of <clears throat> thing that goes up to you, maybe waist high and you could, people are sitting there and they're sort of looking at you and, and you know, you can, it's like a partition or something like a, I don't know. And uh, he, he was, he was, he was sitting there. And uh, so I was playing and, you know, and I'm playing and I'm playing and playing and, and, and for, for, for quite a while, I, I had my eyes closed. So, uh, you know, I, I couldn't see what was going on. And I think sweat was getting in my eyes and, and uh, all of a sudden I felt, I felt something was wrong with the left foot because it was pressing the hi-hat pedal and nothing was happening. So I, I kind of opened my eyes and I looked to see what was going on. And, and I looked down 
because because I was pressing the hi hat and nothing was happening, and I just happened to look down, and Jeff must have somehow crawled, and I'm not sure where he did it. Yeah, he must have either crawled over the pass through or went around the front of the stage, and I looked down, and he was on the floor, on his back, looking up at me, fixing my hi-hat pedal. <laughs> and, and, seriously, and I looked down, and he was on his back, looking up at me, and when I looked at him, he just, he just, just busted out laughing, and, and I started laughing, and you know, I think maybe I stopped playing for <laughs> bars or something. And we were both just cracking up. And I'm like, what are you doing <laughs> in the middle of a tune? And so, oh. so that's, that's what he was like. That was just one thing. And he would do the same thing, like like Rick said, where, you know, he'd uh, call me up and say, I had a gig at the potato, like now, can you make it? Or, or, or he would say, Gary, how are you? I haven't seen you in a million years. I see you. It's Gary Grimm, and it's really, really good to see you. <laughs> so many people here now, and he he would do things like that, or he would say, you know, I've got a session. Uh, you know, can, I can't do it. Uh, I've I've already told him about you recommending you, and you know, I would turn up at the session. It would be like Stan Getz or some major thing like that, you know. And and he just didn't care. He would he would put his reputation on the line. Or, you know, he he would lend me his drums to use for sessions. And just, I mean, it goes on. And I would, there's not one story like that. He was just like that. He, he did things like that all the time. It was like a normal thing for him. You know, he just, yeah, you know, and, and we, when we'd hang out and, you know, just, you know, go over to his house, listen to music and just, you know, hang, talk, go to dinner. And I mean, just he... He was just a, a good guy, you know. It was a mensch. He was a, he was, you know what I mean. He was yeah, just, yeah. Wait, he was just a real big-hearted guy who would do anything for anybody. He didn't, he didn't care. It wasn't like, like Rick said, you know, competition or just being worried about the. What, he didn't even worry about anything, you know. He knew that, that, and you know, and it, and like Rick said at that time too. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. Everybody was working. I mean, we had back in those days, like the. You know, the E-team was turning down work. You know what I mean? It was like that. And, yeah. you know, guys that you never even heard of were, were just, I mean, guys who would just play clubs were buying houses. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they were just playing, you know, clubs and buying houses. So, so there was a lot of work. But, and, you know, and he, and he just knew that, that you know, he, he understood really things that most people overlook they think they think oh well you know oh well you know if if this person is at this level he's going to take something away from me it's like jeff understood that that was just a bunch of bullshit pardon my language he understood because there's so many more factors because over the years i've seen people working they had nothing to do with just the level of a it had a lot to do with a bunch of other things, like there's there has to be camaraderie. It's psychological. Well, what's the chemistry like? What is your identity like? What's it's, it's, what are you gonna? What is your identity gonna bring to something? 
And, and, and there's all of that. And there's no one size fits all. At least there wasn't then because I think identity was more championed. And so he, you know, he was comfortable. He knew what he could do, which was anything. And, and, you know, there was no reason for any of that kind of foolishness. And so, you know, his heart, and again, they were all Joe. I mean, may he rest in peace because we lost Joe not yeah. long ago. And that, I mean, that's this whole legacy is just, it's like, it's like, uh, that's like the end of an era to me, you know, the whole thing is like the end of an era now. And it's, it's kind of sad because Jeff, to me, doesn't just represent an epoch, an epoch, but, but he's timeless. You know what I mean? He's just this iconic figure, you know? I mean, if there was a Mount Rushmore for drummers, he'd, he'd be the spearhead, you know, he would be at the forefront, you know? So yeah, I can't yeah. say enough about, about, about him in that, in that regard or in any other regard. And so that's about all I, I really have to add here, you know? No, yeah, that's but, beautiful, Vinny. Yeah. Before you got on the, on the call here, you know, we were talking about how his, you know, Jeff's influence, respect, you know, whatever is the right word, you know, it's, it's like growing over time. And that doesn't happen often, you know, with, with yeah. any artist of any ilk, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the real greats and the real people that have something to contribute to me, you know, that, that can happen once in a while, but Jeff seems to have, you know, j just the outpouring from this book and the, you know, the amount, I I'm sure Robin, you're getting bombarded. I mean, you know, we've gotten, I've gotten a lot of messages and texts and people are finding me on Facebook and, you know, just kind of saying how, how appreciative they are of the work and, and how much it's meant to them and, you know, how Jeff changed their life and, you know, inc incredible. Yeah, it's been, it's been truly, uh, people are so thrilled because it's a piece of, it just, it reminds them, it's bringing him back to, somebody said to me, uh, just, I think it was just this morning, thank you for um, bringing him back to life. And that was, I brought tears to my eyes because if I could do anything and if anything were what I wanted to do, it was that. I mean, that was actually what I wanted to do for people was to give them back a piece of Jeff and, and let them feel him again. And cause I know everybody's missed him so much and, and felt his, you know, I mean, they hear him in the music, but they've, they've missed his presence. And so if I could do anything, it was that, I mean, someone said to me, you know, he, he wouldn't want this book. He wouldn't want anybody to make a big fuss out of him and he wouldn't want it. And, and I said back to them, look, if he were still alive, I wouldn't have done this. I mean, I, there would, you know, he probably wouldn't have wanted a fuss, yeah. but the fact of the matter is people miss him so much that there's such a hole and I wanted to give them something and, and, and fill that hole for them and, and bring them some joy in their lives. And particularly, you know, I thought, God, during a pandemic, my luck, you know, I would put out a book during a freaking pandemic. <laughs> and then I realized, you know, it, it, it was a 
in Yiddish, there's a thing called a mitzvah. There's, it was a, it's, it's a good thing to do yes. for people who are hurting at a time like this because it, it gives them some pleasure and some joy and, and something to, to feel something good about. And so if I did something good in, in this time of sorrow, then I'm glad. I'm glad I could give people something. And, you know, and it was also cathartic for people who I interviewed. The people, the, the producers, I mean, Gary Katz said, said to me, I, I'm so grateful to be able to talk about Jeff. And, and it was, it made him feel good to be able to, you know, not have closure, but, but to be able to vent and, and share. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it, so I'm glad it, it filled a gap. It filled a hole. And, and and Jeff isn't here to get mad at me. And I'm Robin, hoping. Robin, can, I, can I say something real quick? Of course. Of course, Rick. Let me tell you something. So if anything ever happens and you end up doing a book about Steve and someone comes up to you and says he would not like that, that's a lie. <laughs> tell them. Tell them. To call me, you <laughs> could get a quote from me that it would be like he's literally in his grave saying, I hope Robin's doing a book about <laughs> I was wondering how far this was going to go before that was going to happen. You are a mean. And there's your answer, Vinny. You are so mean. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny um, do you, did, did Neil ever tell you that story? He, Neil, I was talking to Neil just last week, and he was telling me the story about about Jeff, the phone call. Do you remember that story? Oh, you mean what, he just got off the phone? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. You got to tell it now. One of you guys has it? to tell it. Go ahead, Rick. No, Vinny, you do it. You'll probably remember. I don't know it. if I can remember the exact story, but it was like, it was just basically, I think the gist of the story was, was that he was on a session and and he he just got he got pissed off and he he left right no he what he did was it's in the book said, yeah you know I, I I think Foster was on the session too he was yeah or he was on the session and he said yeah I gotta go make a phone call I'll be right back and and that was yet he he just ghosted right and uh, he left it's in the book it's in the book they saw, they saw his car driving away <laughs> yeah and yeah. Then, then like the like the next day or something, one of them saw him and said, said, man, what, what happened? You know, and he goes, I, I just got off the phone. <laughs> that story is in the book. <laughs> That's in the book. And I think it was a Barbara Streisand session. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of my favorite stories yeah. about <laughs> There's so many great things like that in the book. I mean, it's, it's you, you one minute you're laughing hysterically at stuff and then you get, you know, it, you get emotional, but yeah. it makes you feel so good to read it. Cause there's so much great stuff. And I was just going to add to what you guys had said, which is to think that it's been almost 30 years that he's been gone. God oh, rest man. his soul, you know, and, and the body of work that, that he created 
you know, that, that well, stopped almost 30 years ago. When you I, think about what he would have done, you know, in, uh, in the ensuing years. I still remember how I found out Gary Grimm, who's on this call, called me. Gary called me and he, he told, he broke the news to me and Gary couldn't even talk. He just, and I was just, I still can remember that. I was like, no, it's mm. just, it's, you're, you're what? And Vinny, you no, were no. the one who called me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry to say, you know, and I remember, I remember it was like, uh, it was weird because I talked to him, I think two days before. I think it was on a Wednesday. I think he passed on a Friday. I can't remember. Anyway, it was two days before, and and I said, "Hey, you know, um, you guys are going to be in England uh, in a, a couple of weeks or something, or next month." Or uh, and and I said, "So I, I am too. I'll be I'll be over there too. So uh, you know." we'll be there at the same time. We'll, we'll get together when we're, when we're over there. He goes, yeah, that'd be great. You know, we made plans to, you know, hang out when we were going to be in London at the same time. And two days later, it, yeah, I was, I was home. I remember. And Lenny Castro called me and told me, and uh, he told me, and I just, I, I was, in, I couldn't believe it. I thought I was stunned. I couldn't talk. And I just sat outside on a chair for about an hour and a half, numb, like literally numb. I couldn't, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a day of infamy. I mean, we'll, we'll never forget it. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, one of those things that impacts you so hard, you remember everything. Like, you, you know, you remember where you were on 9-11, you remember those kinds of things. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was that, that intense. Vinny, did you play at the funeral? I didn't because I couldn't because because I was out of town or working or on the road or something and they called me to to you know and I I couldn't have, that's one of one of my one of my big regrets you know that I couldn't you know, be there. this 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 last year this last summer I was in Ireland and I was playing golf at um at uh, the old head in Kinsale yeah. and and I was sitting in the in the in the, in the the cafe there having lunch and I look over and I couldn't believe my eyes. I, I, I recognized her. It was Susan Goings who was Jeff's wife. And I, I, I was so taken aback. I walked out and I, I said to one of the guys that worked there, I said, is that Susan Goings in there? Oh yeah. You know, Susan. So I walked in, I saw her. We just, I said, you know, it's, it's, Rick Morata. I had not seen her since the funeral. Okay, wow. now, Susan was Jeff's wife. That so was Susan Picaro at the time, and they had uh, two sons. And I said, um, three. three, three, three sons. Yeah, three sons. <laughs> sorry. And I said, um, so we started talking, and we were both losing it. I mean, we just. And she pulls out. She goes, Rick, it's so weird to run into you. She takes her phone out. I have to show you something. And it was the news story that she didn't let them run of the funeral. And it was, and she said, I just got this out of the archives. I just got it. For some reason she had it. She showed it to me on her phone and we were both in tears. Literally, it was the, 
she said she didn't, she was, you know, she was a newscaster in LA at the time and she was an anchor. She was a, a big newscaster and she, she didn't want it. She didn't want them showing the funeral or something for some reason, but she got the footage from the archives and she showed it to me. And there it was, I think it was me, um, Jim Keltner, JR, uh, might've been Kurt Pascara. I can't remember. Probably. Was Robin? Probably. And they, they, we had a line. They asked us to play from, right. the, from the from the the great hall where the funeral was to his gravesite, and so we played this march, and it was pretty amazing. Um, and to see it again really, really rocked us both. The for us to see it, but uh, it was just sort of one of those things that happened in it. And I, and I remember getting, like, saying to her, I, I hadn't had a chance to tell her how sorry, sorry I was. And it was great to see her. Yeah. Right. You know, I, did, uh, I was, you were talking about when he passed, and I was in New York with doing that Rock and Soul review with Fagan and Michael McDonald and Boz. And it, you, know, you know, I came into rehearsal with that news because I was told, I got called by uh, Dirk Schubert about one in the morning or something. It was just like, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to say, or they probably already know, but, you know, that was, it was just really, really tragic. And they all left to go to the funeral and stuff, but they, they, I couldn't, they wouldn't allow me to go. But, you know, I think that's probably when I called Rick. I'm not sure, but, you know, yeah, that was a rough, that was rough, really. You know, not to dwell on the on the dark side, but when when Robin had when we were getting towards the end of, of the book, um, we talked about you know Robin. We were talking about who would be who should write the introduction, and obviously, you know, you you guys came up and and um, she said, well, you know, I was thinking about Jim Keltner, and I said, I, I, you know, I couldn't think of a better choice. And that was even before, you know, I knew they were very close, but it was, you know, so I called Jim. She said, why don't you call him and, and let him know what we need and what we're looking for. So he hears it from you. So I called him and, um, you know, it was in, in, incredible. He said, he said, I, you know, I'd be honored. It would be a complete honor for me to do that. He said, as a matter of fact, you know, I think a couple days, a, a couple days ago, I was, you know, I was up. Jeff's grave. He said, I mm. go up and, and still visit, I visit his grave, you know, every, you know, couple of months, all these years later. I mean, so the depth of their relationship completely blew yeah. away. And I, I was just so <laughs> thrilled and honored that, that he would write the book, you know, the, the, the intro to the book because, because of that really. Wow. He's the one that called me. Jim's the one that called me and let me know. Uh, and I'm the one who called him. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I I was unable to come out to do the the parade, but I wish I could have. Um, but I, I you know, I I just remember getting the call. You know, if you came out, Steve, they probably wouldn't have let me. Uh, <laughs> 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 I Rick and Steve show. I, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Vinny, you don't know the half of it. Thank you for the levity, Rich. Thank you. I'm just waiting for that because I yeah. I think it's great to say hello to Gary and Joe and Rob. Man, how you guys doing? Thank you. Rob, could you move one or two of the pillows on the bed behind you? The one with the flowers. <laughs> the one with the flowers. You might want to just get that off the bed. Because it looks a little dainty for you. I have to. I have to agree. And I'd like to you know, redecorate some of those pictures over there. <laughs> to the left, yeah. Uh, all of that's got to go. All of that. <laughs> oh, man. Christopher, you're giving us drum, drum envy over there. You with the two drums. It's the Gretsch showroom. It's, I mean, look at that. I get, I get more in the... More in the other room, Vinny, too. This, I got one set up right-handed for when you guys come out. Come on. And a black drum set for me. Unbelievable. <laughs> they're, they're vintage, of course, right? They're probably like, you know, early 60s round badge, right? The, the uh, black diamond pearl is a 62, and the black set is a 72 stop sign badge. Oh. It's beautiful. Only the good stuff. Good stuff. No, if I if I could just learn to play him, that's, ah, that's minor a minor detail. <laughs> you know, Johnny, I was talking to Kelly about the drums. And, you know, she she's just about at the edge of you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> of her wits end, her wits end with John. I know all of us. Yeah, you know Kelly, that. Yeah. She's at her wits end with you. Now, wait a second. Did you ever show her the lesson I wanted you to show her? Yes, I did. Yes, did she I did. like it? She loved it. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to Vinny when we're done. I'm gonna send it. Send it to <laughs> Olga too. Send it to Olga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna show it to Olga on Thanksgiving. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh no no no. Yeah, show it. Send it to Vinny. Send it to everybody here. <laughs> I will. I will. On I'll me. It to- <laughs> <laughs> it's clean, Vinny. I promise. Funny. It's clean. <laughs> okay. It's- it's it's really funny. You're gonna love it. <laughs> oh man! Well, this is so great. Sorry, well, I got to tell you, it's really great seeing everybody. Man, oh man! And and Gary, I haven't seen you in so long, man. It's just really good to see you. I don't know where you are nowadays. I'm in Phoenix. Okay, You're in Phoenix. Yeah. Wow, I'm in Phoenix. I thought you moved out of Phoenix. <laughs> Ah, man, you got we to- were gonna, we were, we were gonna, and then it didn't work out. But Gary, you should have I- never let him know that you were there. But <laughs> <laughs> no. well, he asked me a long time ago if I wanted to do some stuff, and I, you know, of course, no. Why would I? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> great seeing you guys, Rick, man, Steve, everybody. You too, um, Vinny. Great to see you. You too, Vinny. You know, yeah, you guys. Really great seeing you, man. Uh, thank you, Vinny. Thank, thank for- you for coming to my party, Vinny. Yeah. Yeah. You throw great parties, John. Uh, Absolutely. Well, I, I'm I'm honored to to be able to do that. And I'm, you know, thank you for, for, for writing that book. Thank uh, you for being yeah. a part of it, Vin. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I love you guys. And uh, I'm just really, really blessed that we could even talk to each other this way, you know, virtually. <clears throat> uh, it's just it's great and just we can all 
get through this tough time now. And um, yeah, yeah. Nice well, let's let's it, pray for the world, okay? Yeah, we need a lot of prayers right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Vin. Thank you, Vinny. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Love you, buddy. Bless you guys. All right. Talk to you soon, Vin. Ciao, ciao. Oh, that's great. Guys, you know, I wanted to say one thing that's I've been thinking about hearing all your stories since I, you know, I didn't know Jeff and I heard on the news when he passed away. And, you know, it's somehow like our people when they, you know, there was a book about John F. Kennedy. It's called An Unfinished Life. And I thought of Jeff when I mm. heard that title. And um, it's like our heroes, they remain like frozen in time. And uh, so like Jeff's always remained that way for me. Like I think of him at that age. And then I realized he was 38, right? Like he did all that and he was 38. It's like uncanny. Um, right. Yeah. <clears throat> And, and now as we're all much older than that, you know, you look back and you're like, wow, this Titan frozen in time. And he was only 38 and he accomplished all that. It's amazing. It is amazing. It is. I know. I know. It's, I, I think about that too, Joe. I think like, I remember he's six years older than me. And I remember when I turned 38, like that number thinking like, wow, this is how old Jeff was when he died, you know? And it, 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 it at the time, you know, it seems you know, when you're that age, you think you're older than you are. Of course, now I'm going to be 60 in a few weeks. So I look back at that and think like, he's a few years older than my son is now. You know what I mean? You, when you put all those things in perspective and you go, my God, he was so young. And and uh, I'll, and I'll just say, you know, I, I actually got to know Joe really well after Jeff passed through kind of a, a, a weird set of circumstances. And that <clears throat> You might remember he had a drumstick company for a while, Joe, Joe Picaro, right. Diamond Tip Drumsticks. Right. And he he approached uh, me when I was at Zildjian and I was the drumstick guy there to make his sticks for him. And we did. And so we were like his OEM right. stick maker for a few years. And, and uh, and you know, we, we'd hang out at NAMM shows together and go to dinner. And he him and Aileen came to Boston one summer. Um, they took like it did like a Cape Cod, Maine sort of vacation <clears throat> we had dinner at an italian restaurant and i brought my kids and uh and they were there i mean they you know god rest joe's soul but they, they were just the most beautiful family and um and i remember you know i i tried to play it cool and not talk about jeff the whole time but but joe said to me on a couple of occasions you know i i, I told him i'd met him a couple of times and he said you know he he would he would have really liked you he would have you know, you guys would have been, you know, in that voice, that sort of like Connecticut, he would have, yeah. you know, hey, Juwan, yeah, Jeff, you're Jeff's kind of guy. He would have, ah. Jeff would have liked you, you know, and and uh, and, and they're just such, uh, as you guys have already said, Ricky was saying and and they, everybody was saying. They were yeah. so, um, I've, I've said this many times, but I, I want to say it again. They were very generous to me. They were... Um, they were so kind and so giving and so magnanimous. And um, right away from the minute I asked them if it would be okay, they absolutely said, yes, you know, um, you have, you may have our son at your disposal, please write a book. They never once said, I, we want to read it. We want, approval mm -hmm. we want this we want that it was of course and 
uh, I it was amazing. They just were so wonderful. And and Jolene sat with me and went through all the pictures and here's a great one. And what about this? And look at this. And wasn't he cute? And <laughs> I, I, she became like a sister. We gushed over her brother and, and, you know, look at this adorable one. And, and they were so good to me. And, and Joe was so excited about this book. That was the biggest sadness for me was that he never got to read it it was about yeah. two weeks too late yes it was so sad we you know we really were pushing at the end and you know robin <laughs> called me one day and said you know joe's really going downhill you know how close are we here and she was going over to the house to read him you know sections of it right robin well i sent it to aileen to to read him That's right. the book and That's and beautiful and he was, I mean, I sent him an unfinished copy, basically, like a computer transcript. Mm -hmm. And um, he just, he had started declining so rapidly that he wasn't even able to listen. It was, it was, I, that was the biggest sadness for me during this whole process. I'm starting to get sad all over again. Let's go back to happy things. I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I know I was going to say that I, too. That, that gotta, it, I'm, I'm going to have to, I got, I got something I got to do, but okay. I thank you for inviting me uh, today. Thank you for coming, Steve. It's nice to see your face. Uh, good to see everybody. Good to see you and good to see, see all you Steve. guys. Take care, right. bud. Talk Thanks, to Steve. Uh, okay, talk Steve. To you Steve. All right. Talk see to you later, Steve. Steve. Thank you. See you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. I was just going to say, Robin, you know, two, two quick things that, you know, they trusted you, obviously. They, they, they love you. They know you. And, you know, your relationship with, with Jeff is, is it's so well documented, you know, all these years. I mean, he opened up to you and they knew that. They knew how much he loved and, and respected you. And, and they in turn did. And I was just going to say, I made a note to make sure I said this, but it was, even though Joe wasn't with us to actually see the finished book, I'm so glad that you did it when you did it so that you were able to get him in it. You know, you didn't oh, God, decide to do it God. now, obviously. Oh, my God. Thank God. There's so many great things in there, you know, stories from Joe and quotes and, and uh, you know, so great to see his fingerprint in there, you know. Thank God, because yeah. he was a big part of it. One one of the fun things that I heard about, you know, so a couple of different people, you know, messaged or whatever. They said as they were reading the book, they would listen to music that corresponded to, uh, you know, what was what was happening in in that chapter, and and they said it really made it even more powerful, you know. Yeah, which was a cool, you know, kind of a cool thing. Yeah, there was there were some um, actual. Um, tracks in there that were a little bit off the beaten track oh <laughs> off the beaten track no pun intended <laughs> um and uh i actually listened to them after the producers would talk about them like the colin blundstone track that i had never heard before and um i they were so awesome that I was so glad that I had spoken to these particular people because I would never have 
heard Jeff on those tracks. They were completely out of, not on my radar. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I think that though people had picked up on those too, that they were not, you know, they weren't hits. They weren't anything that maybe were on people's radar. So that was kind of cool. That is cool. That's very, you know, cool. reading the discography, you know, in the Excuse book, me. I mean, that, that's one of the, shockers uh, you know i mean there was a, a lot that i learned an awful lot because i didn't know jeff but reading that discography and, and what you were saying before johnny it made me think of it you know at 38 years old and and i thought i had you know a little bit of a grasp about his body of work and you know i i knew like you know one little corner of what he did really it was yeah. mind-boggling to flip thank you joe for your tireless work on that discography my pleasure. Actually, I was going to say, Robin, you, the, you know, reading the work and seeing your passion from it from the beginning that we started editing it, they, Ricardo family knew the reason they let you have free reign is they knew they had the best, most respectful, loving person who could write about Jeff. It's, it's, you know, the tone of the book is just like that. It's it, for anyone who hasn't read it, it really is a loving tribute to him while also documenting his professional life, which is really the focus of it, you know? Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. Get this for the holidays, everybody. If you haven't bought this book, I'm telling you. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. And I will say, I told you this, Robin, I had to force myself to stop reading it at times because I didn't want to finish it like in, in a day or two days. I really wanted to. Do you I know go, okay. a lot of people. Isn't that crazy? That online, they said, they were really sad because they were coming to the end. And yeah. I just, that made me feel so happy. I mean, not, you know, not for me, just for Jeff, just yeah. makes me happy for Jeff. I just. It, it reads so, so quickly. It really does. It just, it, it, it really is a page turn. I mean, the old expression and there, Rick, I told you there's a, there's a mention of you a couple of times in here, but Jeff mentions, um, talking about uh, Fillmore West. He's talking about King Curtis live at the Fillmore West albums, both of which Bernard Purdy played on. King Curtis is live at the Fillmore when they do Memphis Soul Stew. You get a taste of this Bernard Purdy lope that I've heard a lot from Rick Murata. And it, I have to tell you, the first time I heard that, read that, I laughed because it's an inside joke between me and Rick. I was playing a gig on the vineyard a couple of summers ago and he came to see me play and he was telling me that you need the lope. You don't lope when you play. <laughs> you got to lope. lope. Yeah. And, uh, and he loped. I'm going to lope, lope. out of here. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm getting these weird calls saying, what the hell am I doing? Um, I'm very happy to see everybody. Robin, congratulations. You're the best at this kind of stuff. And, Thank you. Best with this book and and everybody involved. I I wish you all the best and and I uh, look forward to talking to you and seeing you soon. And um, I adore you, Rick. One thing before I go, I just want to say about Robin is that if it weren't for her, I probably would never have done another interview for the rest of my life because uh, I was doing. There were people were calling me to do interviews, and I had had a really bad experience. Some interviews I had done for magazines when I was first coming up, and I really didn't like it. So I decided for years, I would not do an interview. And Robin called me to do one for Modern Drummer. And I gave her the hardest time you possibly could imagine. She was unrelenting and she did it. And I was to this day glad she did because it opened the door to me and it let me realize that some people that write these stories 
actually want to get to know what you want to say and not what they want to say. So good job, Robin. And thanks Amen. Yep. Keep it up and thanks for doing it for me. I adore you. Thanks for joining, buddy. Thank you guys. Bye, everybody. Just All right. See you, Rick. Good to see you, Gary. Thanks, Rick. Great to see you, buddy. Yeah, and, and you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up in a minute, guys. We've been on for about 90 minutes, and I I, I knew it was going to go long once we had our special guests join us. So, um, that's starting to wear off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you need a little, little, I didn't want to say anything. No, yeah. Sorry. I just want to, I just have to, since Gary, I have Gary here. Do you mind if I ask him a question real quick? Of course. Oh, not. no, no. Come on. Gary, so nice to meet you. I just want to know what, when you're sitting behind Jeff, all those gigs, like, what, what was like on the Toto records, his balance, like he, he had the perfect pop drummer balance with the kick and the snare and the, and the hats down lower. And when you watch him on video, I never saw him live. When you sat behind him, was he produced? Does that sound come out of the kit just like that? Yeah. 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 He, you know, I, I, several times in rehearsals or something, people would come by and they go, how does he do that? You know, or how does, is that really, you know, blah, blah, blah whatever. And, you know, one day I asked him, I said, you know, I get these guys come by, they just want to, you know, say this or that. And he, and, uh, and he said, Hey man, it's just the way it is. You know, like, how do you get so much power out of just your stroke is not way up here. You know, it's just so comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's magic. I mean, it's just pow, you know? And he goes, I don't know. You just do this. So he was very matter of fact about it, you know. And we, but, it was, he wasn't like he seemed to me like he wasn't. He was loud, but not super loud. No, yeah, he was always. It was what you heard is how you know it's not embellished or anything. And he he didn't. He worked hard, obviously, but you didn't look at him thinking he's really working hard. You know, he's really. It just flowed out of him. It it it's kind of magic. I have to say, yeah. you know. And Obviously, great technique. Yeah, I oh, mean, just yeah. When he hit the symbol, you know, he he hit the symbol. No one else. I gotta say, when I saw them with, with Shannon Forrest, like Shannon clearly studied that hit because he was from the audience. It looked the same. He had yeah. certainly hit the crash and the ride, yeah. where it was like in this grip. And it, anyway, I'm geeking out. <laughs> no, that's cool, Joe. That's a great question. Yeah. I'm, I'm that's glad you really asked nice. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I did. Nice. You know, you. I don't know what to say. It was, but it was to see it in person was really great. You know, really great fun. Uh, you learn a lot just from just that. You know, I mean, I came from playing the playing side, and it was really hard for me to hang out with him in a sense that I didn't want to just talk about drones. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't hang out with Jeff and just talk about drones. How boring could you be? But you know, there were so many things that you'd want to say or ask him or, you know, like, but it was, but in, in the end, really, it was quite frankly, just obvious. You know, if you sat there with him, you, you would just go, yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah, it was, was kind of, it was hard to interview him because of that, because he yeah. would just come up with answers like, just it him. Just, it just is. Yeah, he didn't, you know, yeah. it wasn't something that he brought in. It was him. You know, he was the living embodiment of all that. You know, the the great party to say that, or you know, the great players. Yeah, no, that's natural players. They just they they don't. You know, I don't even think they realize where it comes from. You know, the, yeah. 
Well, the thing is, you know, he he was about the music. He wasn't about the playing. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it, and like Robin pointed out, you know, he could play. He was asked me, you know, many times, man, you could, you know, play this kind of fusiony stuff or that. And he goes, you know, uh, you know, uh, he could do it. I've seen it a few times in rehearsals where he would just cut loose because it just felt like something he wanted to do. And then only the guys would just stop and we would all just stand there and watch, you know, but, <laughs> you know, it was also like, yeah, you know, it, <laughs> it was great. It was so great. You know, you, you have to study, even though we know it's like personality, like it's natural, you, you have to study it just because it's so great. Like, and even the, you know, I go through with my students, like the song Stop Loving You, like there's places in that song where every other drummer would have been playing fills. And he's like, nope, mm-hmm. I'm going to make you wait for one. You know, then Luke plays the lick. He doesn't play it. He waits right. wait to the last one, you know, like yeah. those taste things, like the feel, but also the choices, you know, mm-hmm. I can go yeah. on just. But you know that's that's the same thing with with Gad, right? I mean, Steve's that way, Rick's that way, Vinny. Yeah. I mean, you just yeah. It, Steve Jordan is amazing. You know, you think he's good. Okay, there's going to be he's going to do a little fill or something. Nope. It's just play the time, man. Yeah. You know, you really got to understand it. You know, you just and then when they play the fill, it's that much more special because yeah, it it's built up this sure. tension and yeah, this anticipation. It's and all about the music. It's just the music, and it, yeah. And when you think of it that way, you you don't you don't think, wow, I missed something's missing. You don't think that at all. It's all perfect. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. I just, and the last thing I'll say in this interview, Rob, thank you for letting me edit this book. Robin, thank you for letting me edit this book. And Johnny D, I owe you drinks for getting me on a Zoom call with <laughs> my freaking heroes today. <laughs> I'll take you up on that, Joe. Just so we can have drinks together. Thank you. We can all do that. Yeah, no, thank, thank you guys you for much. doing this. And we are going to do a part two. We we have to because there are so many other people like we talked about that that we need to, you know, talk to. That and, would be and, fun. I and, would like and that. Share stories. And, 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 and uh, celebrate Jeff. As, yeah. as long as I can celebrate Jeff, I'm a happy girl. <laughs> Johnny, yeah. thank you very much for this. 